I'm Richard. And I'm Gary, and these are our incredible stories. Happy New Year! And a new year it certainly is. It's January 2021. And like you, I think Gary and I are hoping that 2021 will turn out to be a much better year than 2020 was. Nevertheless, even though we've had some difficulties in the past, we are very much into remembering some very important events in life and and Mm. taking a lot of joy out of recalling those events. Incredible memories, we call them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. So... Uh, Our question tonight uh, for our uh, listeners is, what do Batman, an 11-year-old kid, and one share of company stock all have in common? Oh, I don't know. This sounds like a plot to a kid's movie. Uh, Yeah. So anyways, uh, the thread that weaves all of this together will shortly be seen. But first, let's go ahead and reminisce a little bit about last month. Oh my gosh, where's this music coming back from? It's coming from Austria. And for those uh, listeners who have been with us all along, you recall that last month we shared uh, Christmas in Austria. And I'm thinking that it's appropriate that we start our new year off with some of that music because when you travel, whether it's to Europe or anywhere uh, around the world or just within the United States. Travel is one of the best educational opportunities you could possibly engage in. Travel is one of the ways you can acquire some wonderful, incredible lifetime memories. And my travels in Europe go back more than 50 years. And I just remember so distinctly, even to this day, some of the things that I encountered back then. Gary, you're not going to believe this, but I mentioned in our uh, Christmas podcast that uh, I was a newly minted teacher and Mm -hmm. not being paid very much each year. Right, not making millions. No, far from it. And uh, so consequently, I had to go uh, do a low-budget spectacular uh, on my trip to Europe. And so I found a cheapy airline called Icelandic Airlines. I think my fare was about $45 each way. Uh, The only problem was Icelandic didn't fly jets at that price. They flew you over in a prop engine plane. No, thank you. Why? (laughs) You're telling me that you went over the Atlantic in a prop-driven plane? Yes, indeedy. My very first trip to Europe, and I was in a prop-driven airplane. Now, let me say this, though. The engines were Rolls-Royce engines, uh, top of the line, but I'm afraid... um, you had to watch the propeller spinning uh, the entire way across. Oh, no. Mm-mm. But anyhow, uh, I also remember from that trip uh, riding a train through Germany and all of the fresh, bright-eyed faces that were in that train car, young people uh, traveling maybe from school to home or to the ski slope. Some of them even had their skis with them in, mm. the, in the passenger car of the train. And I distinctly remember something 50 years later still in my mind yeah at the bottom of each window in the train car there was a little brass plaque and it said nicht hinauslehnen don't lean out 
And what do you think happened each time that train pulled into a station? Oh, let's see. If I were a young person in my 20s and it said, don't stick your head out, I think I probably would have stuck my head out. Exactly. And so all the windows went up, heads went out, and mine was one of them. And as I looked up and down the track, all I could see was this sea of smiling faces, uh, people just having a wonderful time and totally ignoring the rule that the railroad company had. So this, uh, this memory has stayed with me. And I think the point here is that when you travel, and whether it's to the United States or whether it's to Europe or anywhere in between, when you travel, you gather some lifetime experiences that will provide you memories that will be with you always. And so that's what we're going to start our new year off with, our memories that will be with us always that we've uh, gathered from traveling. Yeah. Last month, we talked about going to Europe. Today, we're going to talk about Gary going to Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a trip I'm never going to forget. Mm-hmm. And how did that trip start? Well, the year was 1996. Mm. You were in fifth grade. Yes, I was. And I made the decision to give you and your sister a stock portfolio and uh, start you off in the world of finance at the tender age of 11 years old. Now, finance is not usually what's on the mind of an 11-year-old. No, it's it's not. There's a lot of other things on the mind of an 11-year-old, yeah, but superhero that's like not that, it. man, and he's coming later in this story. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I uh, bought you one share from five different companies. And I'd read a book somewhere saying, now, when you're, kid, you're buying stocks for your kids, let them pick the stocks of uh, places that might be their favorite companies. So I remember you picked Coca-Cola. Oh, you enjoyed Coke. Mm-hmm. I remember getting you Pepsi-Cola. You liked Pepsi. Yep. And then Wrigley's gum and Wrigley's gum had an interesting feature. Do you remember what that was? Yes. Uh, Wrigley's every Christmas, you would get a box of gum that would last you for at least a month or two. And it would be like juicy fruit, double mint, uh, spearmint, big red, uh, anything that was really popular. Sometimes they would even roll out like a new gum that uh, hadn't come out yet. And you would get to try that. And that was always cool. Oh, and that was such a wonderful thing. Wrigley's doesn't do that anymore. Those times are gone by. But uh, golly, with one share of stock, you got a Christmas package of gum from Chicago, right fresh from the Wrigley's factory each and every year. And and that was terrific. And so consequently, uh, Wrigley's became one of your favorite stocks. But you also had uh, two others. And one of them was AOL Time Warner. Now, here's where we can bring in Batman and the 11-year-old kid and the one share of company stock and weave them all together. What happened when you got the one share of AOL Time Warner stock? Well, when I first got stock and found out you could make money off of it, I thought I was going to be a millionaire. (laughs) Well, you did have five shares of stock. Right. I I remember telling my friend Mikey, I said, I'm going to be making $6.2 billion with every check. And then I found out the company had $6.2 billion. But as a shareholder, I was only going to get $1.25. Yeah, so that I, was only once a year, I think. Right. <laughs> and so I, I definitely did not become a millionaire uh, automatically. Um, but, uh, but I do remember that the reason why we got the stock was because I love DC Comics and I love movies and Batman. And so for me, um, that was probably the greatest treasure I got from that, besides the fact that 
one day in the mail, we got something that said, you have been invited to the annual meeting at Warner Brothers Studios in Burbank, California. Yes. And uh, so being the adventurous pair that we were, I said, Carrie, how'd you like to hop a plane and fly out to Burbank, California and attend the stockholders meeting because you are qualified to attend that meeting because you own one share of that company stock. I was a stockholder and as a stockholder, that meant I could go. And uh, so we got our tickets. We flew Southwest. Uh, We flew out there. We got to Burbank uh, International Airport sometime in the evening and we drove uh we rode in a taxi over to our hotel which was picked out because i remember um the hotel itself had connections to movies because it had been used as a location for a few films and that was the reason for picking it and we showed up uh late in the evening and i remember the guy at the counter checking us in asked us where we were from we said roswell new mexico and he said oh my god do you believe in aliens? <laughs> and uh, I think we said, well, you know, living in Roswell, we've we've heard some interesting stories. And goes, I believe in aliens. And he started sharing with us some of his theories and his experiences. And then, and then we got ourselves settled in. And then we decided. Uh, and you always say this whenever we get somewhere. It doesn't matter where we're going on a trip to. Uh, the first thing out of your mouth is always, "Hey, would you like to do a little exploring?" And Explorer, we did. Uh, of course, we made that guy's night. I mean, I'm sure he went home thinking about those uh, two people that he signed into his uh, hotel. That I think he probably as well. I think he probably thought we were aliens. Yeah, he could have. But anyways, uh, we did. Uh, we uh, set out uh, in the nighttime Burbank. It uh, was a relatively safe area. The hotel, I don't know if you'd call it Art Deco uh, architecture, oh, no. but it was some kind of unique architecture. It wasn't a modern hotel type architecture. It was it was a very 1960s, I would say late 60s, early 70s style kind of, of hotel. And this was 1996. Mm-hmm. It still looked like it was from 1969, 1970. Yeah, it was quaint. It was uh, definitely unusual. And like you say, I picked it because it had been the location of some films, of some movies that were filmed there. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, we walked down the street and we decided that we needed to stock up on some snacks, uh, not only for that evening, but for breakfast the following morning. And we came across this little like quickie mart and it reminded me of a, a very popular cartoon series. Yeah, one of our favorite cartoon series, The Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, it was straight the out of the cartoon. The quickie Mart. Or quickie Mart, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so anyhow, uh, what happened there, Gary? What did we do? What did we buy? Well, um, at your um, advice, you said, you know, stockholders meeting, they're probably not going to have anything there for us to munch on. So why don't we go ahead and sna- uh, stock up on some snacks uh, for tonight and for tomorrow morning so we'll have breakfast, and then when we get up, we can we can eat, and we won't have to worry about trying to get something. So we piled on the Twinkies, we piled on the little Debbie snack cakes and sugar highs and lots juices of and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we had our snacks for that night. We even stopped by McDonald's. You picked up a couple of things there. And then the next morning we feasted on our our confectionery um, 
treats and then and that was the biggest mistake we made on the whole trip because we arrived at the gate of the of the warner brothers studios and were admitted because uh, you were a stockholder attending the annual meeting Mm -hmm. and i was accompanying you and so we were allowed through the gate and we arrived at the uh, reception area Mm. and that's when we realized uh uh-oh we made a mistake on all this snack food that we did because when we got there when you first came in, you kind of have to imagine this in your head. We were outside of a large building that was uh, a theater, possibly like a screening room or something. But they had a table set up with um, the annual report for that year, which had a comic book picture of Batman on it. And so we definitely had to grab one of those. And we I think we got two of them. You had one, I had one, so we'd have duplicates. And then turn, and there are people there with trays of danishes, tarts, donuts, muffins, anything you could possibly imagine, and and not cheap stuff, not the little Debbie stuff that we had eaten, but really good-looking, delicious food. And they had coffee, and they had orange juice, and they had all of these things that you could drink. And you looked at me, and you said, Hey, Gary, you want anything to eat? (laughs) <laughs> and all I could do is look back at you and think, no, I can't. I just ate like five cream pies and I had a whole bunch of Twinkies. I can't put another, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to eat anything else. Yeah, that's when we realized we made a big mistake yeah, a little, there. And, little boo-boo. And, and I mean, this was uh, Hollywood. This was Hollywood all the way. The servers were dressed like they were at a uh, formal uh, banquet because they had their vests and white gloves and things. It was it was pretty extraordinary. But anyhow, uh, other than that little mistake, uh, things really started to take off in our oh, favor. Sure. And what was uh, we went to um, uh, a meeting where they started off with previews. Yeah. Well, once you got inside, and they had this whole little thing where they would usher you in. Um, you could have pictures taken with the cartoon celebrities, and then they would escort you to your seat. And then when you sat down, they had. Uh, music videos playing from what was really popular that year. They had um, they had an Animaniacs uh, cartoon music video, which you really liked because it went over all of the presidents uh, all the way up until present. Which was um, Bill Clinton was the last one at that time. That was that was a little while back. Uh, and then the lights dimmed in the room, and uh, out comes the Batmobile on the screen. And I thought, oh, this is a trailer for the new Batman movie. And I was really pumped. And then the the lid for the Batmobile, the the hood pops open. And out pops Daffy and Bugs Bunny. And they do their little cartoony spiel. And they welcome everybody in. And then we went into the stockholders meeting. And they showed some trailers for movies that were coming out that year. Like Twister. That was That was the main one that I remember. I know there was a whole list of movies that came out that year. I think you said... Uh, you remember seeing the Eraser trailer and something else? Yes, Eraser with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and some of the other movies Warner Brothers came out with uh, that year. I'm not sure whether they, I, I can't recall whether they had the previews at that time or not, but uh, Space Jam, who uh, folks will probably recall, Executive Decision, that was one of my uh, favorite movies that year. And so uh, 
we did see we did see some uh, wonderful previews that uh, really the general public uh, had not been exposed to just the folks that were attending that stockholders meeting oh yeah no and then see i think that was exciting because then you're sitting here thinking i get to see this before everybody else does mm -hmm. and so that's kind of cool but i remember too after all of that and then they went into all the, the financial stuff and for an 11 year old that's probably not the most exciting thing when you go to an event like this and more so for the the business people but um, I remember they had people that had come in to uh, talk about things, you know, uh, that they were, they wanted changed or what they liked, what they didn't like, that kind of stuff. And I remember there was a guy there who was from, uh, I think it was something like the National Association for uh, Stuttering or something like that. And uh, they had concerns about the uh, character of Porky Pig and had petitioned uh, that year um, to have the character changed or to phase him out. And that I thought was interesting because I'd never been, I, at 11, I'd never experienced anything like that. I didn't know that was a thing. And the nice thing about it is the president of Warner Brothers was there at the podium answering these questions and responding to these questions. Mm -hmm. And he did so in a very empathetic manner. I forget what his exact uh, response was, but uh, he did show how the uh, corporation was, uh, you know, tuned into these kind of uh, situations and how they would continue to maybe uh, improve or even do a better job in the future. So it, it's wonderful that as a stockholder, you could stand up there and speak a question or a concern like that to the president of the company mm -hmm. and be heard and be responded to. So I, I found that uh, quite impressive, maybe yeah. not so much as you do as an 11 year old, but uh, here you are recalling that. So it must've made some, oh, it, made, it definitely made an impression on me. Um, but what made an even uh, bigger impression on me was the fact that I had had too much orange juice to drink before all of this, and nature called. And I remember right as it ended, um, you said, oh, hey, look, there's Nicolas Cage. You want to go say hi? And I thought to myself, Nicolas Cage, or the bathroom? Nicolas Cage, or the bathroom? The bathroom won. So unfortunately, I did not get to meet Nicolas Cage. So we went to the bathroom. I tried my best to, to hurry everything up. And then we came out, went back into the theater room. Mr. Cage had left at that point. So I, I can't say I marked that off my bucket list that year. But that's okay. Uh, we were treated to a really royal behind-the-scenes employee-level uh, backlot tour, not the one right. that the usual visitors to Warner Brothers would get, but this was uh, the VIP backlot tour. And so uh, we were provided with a golf cart and a guide and taken around the entire backlot. One of the sets was one of my uh, favorite Westerns. Gary, refresh my mind. Was it uh, Little House on the Prairie or Bonanza or uh, one of the, my favorite Westerns apparently? was. Oh, I can't remember. It might have been Bonanza, but I know that they had used that same Western set for um, vacation because that's where when they go to the Wild West town, uh, yeah. Chevy Chase, and he sees the sheriff and he goes, hey, underpants. And yeah, the guy, yeah. for instance, that was the same set too. So yeah. it had doubled for, for both of those. Um, but yeah, we hadn't expected that because we had already made plans for the next day to go and do the tour. So finding but, out that we got to do it the day of the the stockholders meeting was a welcome surprise. Yes, indeed. And like I say, it was uh, a cut above the regular uh, backlot tour that uh, the general public would get. Plus, we got to visit the studio store, the uh, studio employee store, where yep. studio um, outfits and clothing were being sold, and we were allowed to purchase anything we wanted at the employee discount. That's right. 
And believe it or not, I actually still have what I bought from there. Do you remember what I bought from that store? No, uh, I can't remember. It was uh, the Batman animated show uh, from the 70s. Huh. And uh, I still have that VHS in my collection. So that's something that I, I still have to this day. But I remember they told us we had a time limit to be in there. And to make sure that you wrapped up by a certain time and got back on the cart uh, to finish up the tour and, and head out the front gate. Unfortunately, we kind of overstayed our time in the store. And when we came out, our cart was gone. And so then we had to find our way back to the front. Now, as we were finding our way back to the front, um, this gentleman in a mustard yellow colored button-down shirt, slacks with a gun holster and a an automatic weapon in his hand came... He looked like a mm -hmm. scary dude. Yeah, he came darting past us in an abrupt hurry. And we're, we were a little bit caught off guard by this. I mean, we are in... Uh, you know, California, uh, uh, a major metropolitan center. Uh, and so running into anybody with a gun is kind of scary. But we realized that he was just an actor from The Glimmer Man. He was one of the uh, the people who was participating in that film. And he also, too, had a bathroom emergency. Mm -hmm. He just looked cooler going to the bathroom than I did. And later on, when that uh, movie came out starring Steven Seagal, it was number 11 in popularity mm -hmm. on the Warner mm -hmm. Brothers distribution list for that year. So we got mm -hmm. to see one of the... One of the characters uh, in between shots running yeah. around yeah. on the back lot of Warner Brothers. Yeah. While Warner Brothers was the main highlight of our tour, um, we also had a brief excursion the following morning over to NBC Studios. I think you recall that uh, it was very close to our hotel, so we decided let's just walk on over and see what's going on at NBC. That's true. Um, so afterward, we uh, the next day after we had our, our whole thing. And, and by the way, um, didn't mention, got to actually see the Batman costume. Ah. That was before we left, we had to cancel our um, our tour for the next day. And when we went into that area, oh, mm -hmm. I saw the Batman costume in person. And I, that, that to me, like I loved everything about going to Warner Brothers, but that right there was the icing on the cake. And that is still burned into my mind vividly, uh, seeing Michael Keaton's actual costume. But yes, uh, the next day, we had planned to go to uh, NBC Studios, and it was a stone throw away from our hotel. What we did was uh, we had scheduled to do a visit to NBC Studios um, the next day after the whole Warner Brothers thing, and so we went. And I thought that was an incredible tour because we ended up going to the studios. We saw... Uh, where Jay Leno was, and uh, we got to see how they had the audience set up with mirrors so that it looks like the audience crowd is much bigger than it is. And then Mr. Belding came out from Saved by the Bell, and he was doing some kind of promo thing for uh, for whatever. Um, and he, he made a little comment about, like, well, this is what happens when you get older and uh, you're still trying to find jobs. And, uh, and then they wrapped it up by showing us some behind-the-scenes on how they do special effects with green screens. And of course, you know, uh, me being the only child in the entire tour group, they said, uh, do we have anybody who wants to volunteer to be in front of the green screen? And uh, of course I had to throw my hand up there and put myself in front of the the screen. And they said, all right, come on up. And so I got to do my best impersonation of, uh, of Superman there. And, uh, and then after that, uh, we had pretty much wrapped up our entire trip and it was definitely something 
I will never forget. And uh, I had a lot of stuff to bring back to share with my classmates who, um, honestly, unbelieving at first, but they then... call me a liar at mm -hmm. first. But uh, but when you have the Polaroids of you standing next to uh, Daffy Duck and uh, Bugs Bunny, it's a little hard to refute that. Can't argue mm -hmm. with a Polaroid. 1996, there wasn't Photoshop, so uh, I had the proof. Well, now we see, Gary, uh, the thread that uh, connects Batman, an 11-year-old kid, and one share of company stock. Look what happens when you take uh, something as simple as buying a share of stock for your child and how you can turn it into an adventure that creates incredible lifetime memories. And so I know that uh, each and every one of you folks that are listening to this story have the same kind of experiences that produce incredible memories. And we all know that travel is one of the best ways to generate some of those memories. Oh, yeah, and lots of incredible stories. So once again, I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And this was our incredible story.